1: We have a lot of opinions about how things around the office should be. For example, chivalry in the elevator is totally misguided, the case for not properly shutting down your computer, and why you should upgrade your work lunch Tupperware. Today, we're devoting our entire episode to half baked takes. This is Game Plan. I'm Francesca Levy. And I'm Rebecca Greenfield. And today is our first half-baked take-a-thon. Becca, it's so summer right now. Yes, July 4th has happened
2: here, and people are either actually on vacation or in their brains they're on vacation.
1: Yeah, vacation mind has set in. Everyone's phoning it in. There's like kind of an acknowledged thing that no one wants to be here. Or like no one minds being here, but just it's your mind is not flat. Better outside. Yeah. You know? And every week, we do a segment called Half-Baked Takes. Um, we've been doing it from the start, and it's it's our favorite segment. Yeah, it was your baby. So I'll let you explain exactly how that works. Half-Baked Takes, they could be a complaint. They often are. Something office-related. Uh, but it could also just be like an observation or a weird thing you notice at work or a funny office tick you have. But the basic idea is that... like. That's all it is. It's just a thought that you, for some reason, feel passionately about, but it really like doesn't deserve as much airtime as we give it.
2: Yeah, there's not much to it. So, like your
1: Tupperware half-bake yeah. take that I mentioned in the intro. What was that again?
2: Yeah. Um. So I really just think that your work lunch is so much better if you have nice Tupperware. Right. I have these glass Tupperwares. Glass it's great. Tupperware. You don't have to get yeah. into it. You can listen to an old episode, but that is yeah. We a refer you to episode something. Something. half big take. It's just an idea I had, and you should follow it, because that's great.
1: (laughs) So in the spirit of summer and being half here mentally, we decided to turn this episode over to our Bloomberg colleagues and ask some of our favorite people around the office for their half-baked takes. And here it is. Half-baked takes. Josh, hit us with your half-baked take.
3: I want to know why men aren't allowed to wear sandals in public.
1: When you say aren't allowed, I think you mean there's some kind of taboo around
3: it. There's a taboo around exposing men's feet, specifically in a corporate environment. And I don't think it's totally fair. Tell us more. Because I have to spend the entire summer sweating and dying in my little sock prison. And everyone else around me gets to wear open-toed shoes and sandals.
1: And you say everyone, by everyone else, Everyone else I mean ladies. Ladies. Francesca. Are you wearing sandals right now? Because I am. I, I am wearing a sandal heel things that do reveal a toe. And I, I actually think ladies do make a calculation, which is like, like you should n- no one should ever wear flip flops in the office. That I, is really not OK. The
3: flip flop so argument. Like there is, is
1: such a-, a thing as too much toe for everyone. Um, but yes, I, I do make a judgment call. I, there must be some women who are so conservative about it that they don't even think yeah. open toe shoes are OK for anyone.
2: This but, reminds me of a news article I saw the other day on the internet. Uh, maybe it might have not even been real because I only saw the headline. So really half big take of me. But I saw something that said a man showed up to the office in shorts and was sent home. So he came back wearing a dress, ooh. <laughs> which is a similar argument, which is women can wear things that are more cooling in the office.
3: They can, which is completely fine. I just the sandal thing is what gets me.
1: The shorts argument makes a little more sense to me. Like, I do think that men should be given permission to not have to wear pants in the summer. That's just awful.
3: I think that's a personal choice. Like, a lot of men don't feel entirely comfortable wearing shorts in an office environment, whereas I feel a lot of men would feel comfortable wearing sandals.
1: Do you think a man wearing sandals is obligated to, to sort of... Up his foot care game a little bit, maybe more than they than should be presentable expected to. Yeah. They
3: should be presentable. They're, you know, grunge, gunk, whatever you want to call unpleasant toe sites should be taken care of.
2: What? sandals would you wear if not flip-flops like i can't what type of sandals do men wear that aren't flip tevas tevas
3: tevas are chacos vomitous if you're not on a rafting trip if you're not on a rafting trip tevas should be banned
1: what's what wait no what mandals are you dying to wear
3: i think birkenstocks come in and out of fashion those are probably acceptable at all different times because i don't really care if they're in or out of fashion i'm sure the pursuits team would have a whole list of options for us if we were to ask them to investigate this issue.
2: Honestly, this half baked take is turning into a full story. It's for getting them. a little baked. Thanks, Josh. Thanks,
0: Danny. What is your half baked take? All right, this is about fidget spinners. I guess they're they're cool and for all the kids now in classrooms, but I keep hearing them in the newsroom. Which I know is a little bit ridiculous because how much noise could they make? But when it's quiet, I'm trying to write. I just hear this gentle like sound that they make and I just know what they are and it's very distracting.
2: I didn't even know adults used them. Yeah. I didn't know if adults used them. Is it like Like,
0: the, the
1: modern day stress ball?
0: I think so. But the one I saw who the owner of it will remain nameless is like a neon color. So even the look of it is very distracting. I don't know. I, I feel like maybe do do some Sudoku if if, if you're bored. Uh, <laughs> do something that's a little doesn't On have and noise. And I like I like the idea of a visual distraction. Like yeah, you
1: know you know somebody like tapping their foot endlessly is going to be really annoying or making some annoying mouth noise. But there's also like you can do stuff. There's a new way to distract your coworkers with your idle habit.
2: Also, isn't fidget spinner supposed to be something that people use themselves to concentrate? Is it? Is that what they they use it to like ground? I don't themselves. understand the fidget right. spinner at
1: I, all. To be I,
0: honest, I, I, I <laughs> feel like no. I feel like it is a, a stress ball kind right. of thing,
2: but they don't realize how it's affecting the people around them. Fidget right. a spinners have
0: consequences. Yeah, and then you know you have to get an earful of where they bought the fidget spinner down at the bodega somewhere, and how many fidget spinners thing. their kids have. Exactly, exactly. The colors, the ones that light up. Fidget spinner talk is definitely a thing. There was a fidget, uh, one of
1: our colleagues wrote a fidget spinner story not too long ago, and then multiple editors for multiple days were like sampling fidget spinners, explaining to each other what fidget spinners were. Like, I don't need to, yeah, I I like small talk,
0: but I don't want your fidget spinners. No, I'd also argue there's a health risk involved because wasn't there some whole issue with. Counterfeit or knockoff fidget spinners that were coming into the U.S. that maybe were made from flammable products oh or something God. like that, yeah. risking don't bring your them into the office. lives with these yes. things. Mm-hmm. I, agree. Yeah. I agree. Don't like. Don't
2: like it. Who yeah. knew half baked takes could be a public service? Thank yeah. you, Danny. Thank you. You're
0: welcome. You're welcome.
4: Polly, what is your half baked take? My half big take is that you should be able to drink coffee all day, no matter the time, caffeinated coffee. So if you want to have coffee at 3 in the afternoon, it will not impact your ability to go to bed. It will not impact, you know, how you're gonna sleep or what you're gonna do that evening. I have no scientific evidence. In fact, I think there's a lot of evidence that disagrees, but I personally drink coffee all day until five o'clock in the evening and I go to bed just fine. So therefore, yeah. I, this is
2: right. Actually, having no scientific evidence makes it a perfect half big take. yeah, th- <laughs> this is my
1: favorite kind of half big take where it's like that my anecdotal experience. Uh, disagrees with the science on this so i'm pretty sure the science is wrong right. and i'm totally the same way I, i'll have an after dinner espresso and i just mm-hmm. so european I don't think, I don't, <laughs> what can i say very cosmopolitan <laughs> but i don't see any effect on my
2: sleep i don't like drinking caffeine in the afternoon it upsets my stomach but actually yesterday i had a thai iced tea which i think has a ton of caffeine like 6 p.m. and I like could barely keep my eyes open at 11 p.m. So <laughs> so we should all be drinking
1: coffee at 6 p.m. And there you mentioned this to me, too. Decaf
4: is kind of BS, right? Oh, compl- so I was a waitress in my pre-journalism days for many years, and we just totally had no regard for for people's caffeine requests and they never knew the difference. They were none the wiser. They They were sleeping like babies with
1: their fake
4: decaf.
2: You cannot see my face, but I am
4: freaking out. That is crazy. We didn't know the difference. The two coffee pots were the same. It wasn't totally our fault. And we asked our general manager for like a new one and they were like, it's all the same thing. It could have been making only decaf all day and nobody would
1: know. Live your life. Drink what you want to drink. Enjoy that coffee. Do what you got to do to get through the day. Love it. Thank you.
5: All right, Dina, what is your half-baked take? So it's really more of a question than a take. Um, Where is the appropriate place to change your shoes? (gasps) Because, like, if I'm going in for an interview, I'll change my shoes like in the subway station. But if I'm just coming to work, I change my shoes like at my desk. But that means that I have in this office a lot of room to run into my bosses while I'm wearing like my rainbow flip-flops.
1: Okay, so you, you're you one of these people that commutes to work wearing comfortable shoes and then you put on your work-appropriate shoes at some point before you start your day. Yeah, but to be
5: clear, I mean, these are my work-appropriate shoes. They're just not comfortable enough for 20 We're 20- looking at some... Uh, Elegant slides, flat like flat shoes, but they're just not comfortable enough for a twenty-minute walk to the subway. Yes, summer in the city. I mean, being is rough a on shoe changer shoes. is a half big
2: take already. Yes, I'm not a shoe changer. And then, yeah, where do you change your shoes is another
1: layer to this half big so take that I, I never even considered. And I, this causes a lot of angst. I used to be a shoe changer. I think I just converted to heels that are comfortable enough that I can wear them on the subway, mm-hmm. but. I would do it like halfway up the block from work because I felt like the subway was too weird. Like if mm-hmm. I did it in the subway car, people would be looking at me.
2: Also, um, But sorry, the guys.
1: office, exactly the same thing. You would walk through, you didn't want to walk through the office in your flip flops. So I would like pause in some, some loading dock halfway down the block <laughs> and be the weirdo that's standing there taking my shoes off. It's, it, it, it's, it's hard. I'm sorry,
2: guys. I'm just going to say it does Kind of gross me out to think of you guys changing your shoes in the
5: subway station. It's gross down there. I guess the street is you not clean there. You don't have to put your feet down yeah. on the ground. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The floor is lava. I mean, one shoe at a time. Yeah. Okay, balance. Okay. If you have a seat, even better. I have noticed you change your shoes at the desk. And I'm like, oh, Dina's a shoe changer. Yeah. Well, the, the walk between like entering the building and getting to my desk i'm like very much on the lookout for all of my superiors
2: i they, do do they notice our shoes
1: no they probably this is the second shoe yeah, tape. yeah <laughs> no shoes are a big deal and the other problem with the subway change up which is why i think i changed my ways is that you don't get to wear your nice pretty shoes on the subway and that's honestly, like, that's when you want to look good is in front of a bunch of oh, yeah. interesting strangers, not in front of your colleagues that you see every day you don't even care about.
2: I love that you think the subway full of interesting strangers. <laughs> Potentially <laughs> interesting. <laughs> anyway, thanks for your great take. My pleasure.
1: From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.
6: So Jenny, what is your half-baked take? Okay, so I have two intern-themed half-baked takes, although they apply to everyone. Number one is I recently did a presentation for some interns, and a lot of them sent me thank you notes, but one of them actually wrote me a handwritten thank you note and put it on my desk. Which she also had to find in our system, and I think that handwritten notes are a little bit creepy. It's a little like stalkery that she she also like found out other information about me that I didn't <laughs> talk about. Yeah, I think that yeah. this it's like the intern overkill. My second related intern uh, thing that actually was part of this thank you note is she referred to me as Ms. Kaplan, and while I appreciate the Ms. rather than Miss,
1: yeah, she's You're like a feminist
6: three years younger than me. Like, (laughs) call
2: me by my name. Yeah, it's like in offices, we call each other by our first names. Yeah, it's that's okay. We're not in
1: 1955.
2: Or uh, this uh, isn't Sterling Cooper, Draper
1: Price.
6: Yeah. (laughs) It's also, right, yeah, Mr. Draper. I never even thought about that. (laughs) Also, she's a young woman in an office place. Like, she should, she's already gonna, there are gonna be assumptions working against her. So she should not make herself seem even younger. Don't infantilize yourself further. Right? right. I guess maybe there are some workplaces that still do
2: the Mr. Draper, Ms. Olson. And maybe like if you heard that, then you would parrot it. That's the only way I can see this. Yeah. Thing that's okay. like be such a conservative saying... workplace. Yeah.
1: So it's a hard balance to strike. So interns, you, we respect your struggle. I mean yeah.
6: yes. I that's true. Because I also would have found it weird if she was like, SUP, J <laughs> <laughs> like, hey like, Dog. Thanks for the presentation. <laughs> uh, I think the half-baked take here is that interns
1: are being ridiculously unfairly judged. Oh, my God, yes. That's part of the process. We all did it. You got to pay your dues. Just get judged for everything you do and say, sorry, interns. Happy summer. Enjoy the free snacks. (laughs) Kim, what's your half-baked take?
7: My half-baked take is that offices that put printers right next to people are just cruel and if, ev- every office does this every office does this and it suck if you if you sit next to a printer you deal with that all day it becomes background noise to your life you're sitting there for 10 hours a day and people are just printing crap right next to you and what are, you, what are you going to do about it? You can't blame the people. They have to print their stuff out. I blame the printer being there in the first place. Do
2: you sit near a printer now? Is that where this angst is coming from?
7: I do not sit near a printer now, but I used to. And I I demanded a, a desk change because uh, one of our colleagues happens to print a lot. And again, not her fault, but still terrible.
1: I also have sat near printers. And you didn't. there's something you didn't even bring up, which is like forced to be the printer guru... You have to answer printer questions. You have right. to tell people whether or not there's paper in the printer or why there isn't paper in the printer or where they can find paper to put in the printer.
7: And people will need help fixing the printer and they assume that you are the one who can do that.
1: It also reminds
2: me of when I sat on the end of the row in the aisle and that's where everyone walks by and there's
1: everyone just wants to small talk you all the time. Yep. And you're just like, I'm just trying to do my job. Yeah, and they think you haven't heard the sentiment about the printer or the thing at the end of the row a hundred times. Yeah.
7: There's a reason like the separate copy printer room exists. And if you, if you have both the separate copy room and printers on like every row, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Just let, let the people walk all the way to the copy room for the, the, the different times where they actually have to print something out.
1: I I do have one alternate suggestion uh, for how to handle this problem. If the, Design gods have deemed it impossible not to put printers near people that those desks be assigned to people who are like on some kind of office probation or who are in trouble. Oh, rude. You get, you know, that you are experiencing that misfortune for a reason.
7: It's like the punishment seat.
1: Yeah. It's like shape up your work product and six months you can graduate out of the printer seat to a nice cushy window seat. That's messed up. Yeah, I know. It's pretty evil. I'm kind of glad I thought of it. Real evil. All right. Thank you, Kim. <clears throat> Pat, tell us your half-baked take.
8: Office curtains. Everybody hates the open office. You got somebody eating over here, sneezing over there, talking on the phone, laughing behind you, which is the worst of all. <laughs> I
2: hate this laughers. That's Is so that terrible. the worst of all? That we should discuss that.
8: I we think it do. might be the worst when people are having boisterous, happy conversations behind you and you're trying to
1: conduct <laughs> some happy. serious kind of business.
8: Yeah. So I think you should have office curtains um, either dropping down from the ceiling or if you have high ceilings like we do in our newsroom, then maybe they could kind of slide on a rack. So when you need to have a little bit of
1: (laughs) like hospital curtains
8: (laughs) that's exactly how i was thinking about it Like on a
1: track that goes over the ceiling
8: yeah it's like nobody likes to be in the hospital sharing a room with someone else but it makes it that much better if you have curtains separating
1: so i did a happy take once about how i wish we could have cubicles because that's better than an open office but how 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 would office curtains be better than a cubicle
8: because we've already had cubicles and cubicles are terrible
2: Also, Pat is, knowing Pat that is a real estate reporter, knows that we could never go
1: back to cubicle Calls because it's too expensive. But Curtain's cheap and easy solution. It could be a DIY solution. You could be the one office curtain reporter in Bloomberg.
8: No, I think this is a startup.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Curtain, you know. (laughs) I mean, curtain, Um, no vowels.
2: I'm trying to think of a downside to the office curtain, and I can't. I've thought of many, but (laughs) 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 when I was like, well... What if someone wants to talk to you? Like the whole point of the open office is like collaboration. You can't knock on the curtain.
8: I got a phone.
1: <laughs> there would also be a lot of people calling your name from the other side of the curtain, not knowing whether you were at your desk or not.
8: They okay. make really Pat, good. They make Pat, Pat,
1: so- <laughs> Pat, you in there, Pat?
8: <laughs> you need heavy curtains. <laughs> so you can't hear that.
1: Yeah, this
2: is a, such a great happy. T- it's so creative. I really just love points for creativity. Yeah. Well done, Pat. Thank you. Those were some seriously excellent half-baked takes. Yeah, thank you so much to our colleagues for bringing their really not fully formed ideas, yeah, to us. It was just
1: enlightening. There was and not a single take too baked. No. They were all perfectly really underdone. Yeah, with
2: the cooking time on those
1: takes. And normally we would end the show with our half-baked takes, hence the segment that inspired this all, but I feel like we've been outdone. There's no need for us to do that now. But next week, we'll resume our regularly
2: scheduled programming, and you can call in as usual with your own half-baked takes at 212-617-0166, and we'll have some really great
1: half-baked takes just for you. And this has been our Half-Baked Take-A-Thon. Half-baked takes. Thank you for listening to Game Plan. You can find me on Twitter at Francesca Today. And I'm at RZ
2: Greenfield. That's where you can tweet us your half-baked takes or anything else that you want to let us know. You can also hear from us at our newsletter that we send out every week. You can find it at bloomberg.com
1: slash newsletters. If you like our show, please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, rate, review, and subscribe. It helps put our show in front of more people's eyeballs. Um, so if you like it, that's a great way to help out. This show is produced by Liz Smith
2: and Magnus Henriksen. The head of podcast is Alec McCabe. And we'll see you next week. Bye.
5: You guys are here all day? No. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine if we just sat here all day. You can call our hotline,
1: Dina, if you have more. We will be here all day. (laughs) I thought it was a marathon. We're going to get five voicemails from Dina.